Hey there, Amanda Smith here. Welcome on inside a brand new episode of How She Did It. As always, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. If you haven't already, after this episode is over, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we can come back and hang out each time. So this week's guest just started a new job working as a host and reporter for the Los Angeles Dodgers. She has previously worked as a host and reporter for Spectrum Sportsnet, covering the WNBA's Los Angeles Sparks, the NBA's Los Angeles Lakers, and their G League affiliate, the South Bay Lakers. She has also worked as a manager and producer for the NFL, creating content for the NFL Network, social media, and international broadcast partners. I am so excited for you to get to learn a little bit more about her and her story. So here is Kirsten Watson. show. Y'all, just in case you didn't know, her dog Stella just made an appearance and so was just fangirling over her. Now we're going to fangirl over Kirsten. Thanks for joining me. No, thank you so much for having me. I, I have, I'm excited about this conversation. I think this is, it's always great to hear how people get their jobs because everyone's path is so different. And that was something that I learned in my careers because I can't say I ever imagined being in this position. And the fact that I have it today, it really, um, it makes you just realize how like everyone's life is different and you have, you can only, what is meant for you is truly for you. Let's talk about this because first and foremost, congrats. You just started a new job working with the Los Angeles Dodgers as a host and reporter. You have worked in the NFL. You've worked with Spectrum Sportsnet already covering the Sparks, the Lakers, the G League affiliate of the Lakers. What has this change been like transitioning into a new sport? And why did you decide to make that change now? So, you know, it's funny. It's, it has been such a whirlwind, honestly. Yeah. Like if you had told me at the beginning of this year that I was going to be the reporter and host of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like I would have been like, that's crazy. Like that's amazing. But like, that's crazy, you know? Um, and I, I think coming off of 2020, like there was so much I had planned for in my kind of career when I, yay, 2019 is ending new year, 2020, like the things that I had planned for that year, everything was looking so bright. Um, I was with the Lakers and I was working with them. We had just gone, it was Super Bowl in Miami. Like there was so much that was happening. I was hosting a show in studio called Lake show. Like it was, I was truly living out my dream, but I also was so busy and working so, so hard. So I was a full-time NFL employee. So I worked nine to five on a marketing team for NFL International. And then at the same time to build my on-air reps, because that was something that I was very passionate. I was like, you know, that is my end goal. That's what I want to do. Um, And so I guess I have to go a little backwards, but like I was a production assistant for Backstage Dodgers, which was a show for Spectrum Sportsnet my first year out of college. And I got to grad school. So they knew I wanted to be on air, all these things. So now I've come back from grad school and um, was working on the international team with the NFL. And at that time, they'd reached out to me. They're like, you know, we're kind of working to expand. Spectrum News One was happening. And I ended up getting wrapped into the Lakers side of Spectrum. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, we really like you, but we want to kind of help develop you. So they put me with the South Bay Lakers. So now I'm again, working this NFL job nine to five with a little bit of on-air things. My boss was, I literally, that is another thing. You really need to have people who believe in you and support you. And he, I, I can only speak nothing but positivity about my boss at the NFL and the ways in which he truly supported my dreams and allowed me to then go and have this side job of working with the South Bay Lakers and being their team reporter. And he was like, yeah, like, as long as you get your work done over here, like, please go right ahead. Um, So that's kind of where it started and just continuing to build my reps and everything. But even when I went on to the WNBA with the spark and then, and later that year joining with the Lakers, like I, I still wasn't in a position in which I could leave the NFL. I mm-hmm. live in Los Angeles. It is very expensive out here. Um, so everything was still like a freelance reporting and hosting and things like that. And so then pandemic happened. So that changed a lot, of course. So then I still was a part of Laker coverage, um, did not go into the bubble or anything. And so more of just kind of like outside events, fan events, they had me cover them when it came to championship covered. I did, uh, I was at Staples Center, which was incredible. Um, but things were starting to slow down. There are a lot of blessings in this world. Sometimes there's a lot of bad, but also the good always outweighs the bad. And then in the fall came things were a little bit slow. I was very concerned about my career and like what was happening next. But all I could know, all I knew was like, you know, I've been putting in so much work. I have to continue doing this and getting to where I want to be. Luckily the chargers, um, an opportunity came with them. I did a hard knocks show, um, for them. And then quickly after NFL season started and we were creating a new show for, um, channel five in the UK and partnership with NFL UK. And they were like, we want you to host it. And little did I know, I now was going to be hosting a 16 week show on Monday night, which was, and it was a three hour show. And then of course it's pandemic. So we have skeleton crews. I didn't have prompter. I didn't have anything. I was going to like, we are just going to learn as we go. Um, and I, I say all of this because at the same time, I was still having conversations with Spectrum of like, you know, like, obviously, please keep me in mind, like, as if anything comes up, you know, as rules change in LA County and all of that, like, you guys know what I want to do. That is still the same plan. And um, football season ended and I was at, I was in Florida at Super Bowl, and all of a sudden I got a call and it was saying that like, look, an opportunity is going to be coming open and you know we we think you are the perfect fit for it everything you have been doing up until this point has been preparing for a job like this mm-hmm. the Dodgers want to interview you and you if you want it go get it you know like this is your chance to really get everything that you've been working for um and so I began the interview process with them and it was so crazy when I first so it was like a two, three week process. And, um, when they offered me the job, like it was just so insane. Like I, everything that, everything that I had been working for up until that point was just finally happening in one job. Not like I'm working literally like my day would start at 7am and I would not get home until 11pm, depending on sometimes even midnight, depending on if I, So just like, imagine this, literally you wake up, 
I have my outfit for the evening. I'm going to work just normal. So like I go to the NFL, I have my meetings, whatever needs to be done. Around 3 p.m., I then would head to El Segundo, which is where Spectrum Sportsnet is located. I'd go into hair and makeup, and then I would get dressed there. If it was a studio show, then my evenings would be a little bit earlier for the most part. I would just be done um, by the time game starts. If I'm then going to Staples Center to work the game, I have a pregame hit, and then do locker room sound, so interviews in the locker room after the game. So it's like you're there until you're cleared basically. So it's just kind of like, it's a very, very long day. And, you know, as much as it's funny, if you like, if you ask my family and my friends, like, they're just like, we don't know how you did it. Like right. the amount of things I had committed to was insane. And I was so burnt out all of the time. And then I'd had this grand idea of being like, let's do a pageant and see what happens <laughs> like uh, um so it just uh, so basically long story short was it couldn't have come at a better time and when it did come it finally was just like wow like everything that I had worked so hard for is finally coming into fruition and you know my mom was kind of teasing me she was like you never said you wanted to work in baseball. Like that wasn't really the plan. Like that wasn't where I've never heard that conversation because I'm very open with her and I tell her everything. And I, you know, I wanted, my dream was like a college game day when I was younger and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, mom, I, you're right. I, I, I can't say I imagined this, but I know very much like the impact that this has and what I can do with this and what I can learn. And it's only going to make me a more well-rounded sports reporter and having the ability to now talk about an additional sport. And on the flip side, when I was a production assistant working on backstage Dodgers, so the Dodgers were like the first like team I ever worked for. Um, But when I was with them, it truly was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like walking around Dodger stadium and every, I was just like, wow, like I'm in awe of just everything. So the fact that like, it really came full circle and, um, it's insane. That's what I was going to say. Do you feel like it's like this kind of crazy full circle moment that it just so happened to be that that was your first job. And now you are the reporter and host of this team. Yeah. One day you were just walking around the stadium, just like, exactly, exactly. Okay, and- now, like, that is your place of employment. Exactly. And it's honestly so crazy because, so I, so when I, my first job, when I was, I was with the NFL and like, that was, um, as a production assistant, but it was a seven month position. So seven months off and then on, and then you do five months off. So in those five months, my mom, (laughs) my mom's quite a funny character. So she'll be involved in this conversation a lot, but anyway, so she was like, um, she had asked my boss at the time, she's like, so I hear you on like, she's going to work for seven months and then she'll be off. But like, where does that money in those five months off come from? Because it's a year lease on this apartment. So we just need to understand like, where is that money going to come right. from? Because it's not coming from us. So you let us know. And they were like, no, like we will help her find opportunities. Like no problem. Like that's, this is a common thing that they do, especially with kind of young and upcoming um like talent at the NFL network. It's a lot of seasonal positions. And so they helped me get this Dodgers as a production assistant on backstage Dodgers for, it should have been five months, but I was going to grad school. So it ended up being like, maybe like three and a half months. So it was a quick stint, but like, 
honestly, like I, at the time, uh, so that was Dave Roberts, the manager, that was his first year. So just kind of like seeing like from him, like what being welcomed to the team. And I remember I had shadowed, um, it was, so the main reporter was Alana Rizzo. So she was there for the past seven years, but Kelly Tennant was kind of like the, like, I think it was more like if Alana wasn't working, like Kelly would step in and she was the second reporter, um, and split her time around different sports. And so I was with, I was shadowing Kelly and she was interviewing Dave Roberts. And it was really just like a, kind of like a quick one-on-one sit down. And I remember just kind of looking at her and being like, I want to do that one day. Like I could get something I would really enjoy doing. And, um, the fact that I literally have her job, like in Alana's job, like now, like, it's just like, wow, it, it's so insane to me. Um, and it, it still takes time to kind of take it all in. I think when I first got, when I first was offered the job, like that was one moment of just like, I didn't, I didn't cry then, but I, I did cry. It's funny. I cried. Honestly, I would say I kind of got, when the announcement came out, I was like, oh, wow, this is a really big deal. Like it was a big deal for me because of just like my career goals and like what I've been working for and stuff like that. But then to see the reaction from the public and people who are reaching out to me and just so supportive, I was like, oh, wow. Like I'm now been put onto a much higher level. Um, but when I was, so I've been at, I've been in Arizona for the past two weeks. And then I came home for a few days, just for a few off days. And I was in the car driving to the airport. It's, it's so fun. I was listening to, um, I don't know if you ever saw Jingle Jangle on Netflix, yeah. like this movie. Yeah. So, so cute. And so one of the songs, I think it's called like one day or this day. Oh, you're gonna make so good. Cry. Yes. So good. So I, all of a sudden that like song just like randomly comes on on my Spotify and I'm listening to the lyrics and I literally am like boohoo crying in the car, like driving to the airport, leaving my first few weeks of spring training, because it really just like finally hit me that like, literally like one day, everything that you worked for is going to come true and like, you will be prepared for it. And to have that moment and to just kind of be like, like literally like a Christmas song from Jingle Jangle, which just randomly came up. And all of a sudden I'm just on this like massive, like four lane highway. I'm just going to set the scene here. These these highways in Arizona are insane. So I'm like, just driving. I'm like, let me just go make this flight. You know, everything's going to be fine. And this song comes on and I'm just like, so emotionally holy mom. And I was like, I don't know what's happening with me right now. Um, The tears are flowing. And she was like, you know, you just, it's just a reminder. Like now it's happening. You know, you really get to, you take in every moment. And when you do work so hard, when you are so passionate about something, and that's something I really hope that, you know, the Dodgers fans will see in me and will accept me for, because I I really do love what I do. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to be the best at this. Um, So yeah, so it was just totally a full circle moment. But so I did cry and I got the job. Um, So yeah, it's, it's crazy to think. When you think back to the days and the nights where you were working from sunrise till way, way, way past sundown, Mm -hmm. what was the why behind Mm -hmm. what you were doing that you had to maybe in moments remind yourself of just because those are long days and not knowing the timeline of when the opportunity would come? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think the why for me, I've always been a, such a goal oriented person. Um, I told you earlier, I'm a Capricorn, so okay. it's very in line with my sign, but I always knew that my time would come. And when my time does come, I want to be prepared for it. Um, and it, it slowly became very clear to me that every time I did something, something new would happen. Um, and unexpected new. So for example, like be working with the South Bay Lakers that then allowed me to have an opportunity with the Los Angeles Sparks working with the Sparks then kind of gave me more at the NFL that I, if I would tell them be like, Oh yeah, like I do this. I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, let's see how we can kind of work you into whatever it may be. Um, and just kind of always having a little bit of backing and work to be like, so yeah, like, here's what I did or like, this is what I'm working on, whatever. Um, that then led to, that led to the Lakers, you know, I'll never forget it. I was literally in London. I lied. I was in Paris. I was working the London games, but there was a weekend in which there were no, so like there's two games and there's weekend off and there's another two games. Um, so it was that weekend off. And I was like, I'm, so I'm in Europe. I'm in London. So like, I'm going to Paris for the weekend. <laughs> so my, my mom and my brother and I, they came and met me in London to go to a game. And then we all went to Paris and, um, <laughs> so funny because, so we had gone to dinner one night and we came back and the hotel rooms in Paris are just like really small. And there was my brother who was six, five, my mom, who's at 5'11 and me who's 6'1 and the three of us and we're like oh it's fine like it's only one night so we're in this like little small hotel room oh no and I get this call and I'm like sitting in the bed with my mom and I get this call and she's like you have to take it and I was like I have nowhere to take it like I where am I going to take this call <laughs> and it's my boss from Spectrum calling and he's like because he had texted me earlier that evening I was like hey like do you have a minute to chat and I was like well, I'm at dinner but like I'll let you know once I get back to the hotel so he gives me a call and he, he was like, Hey, so, and he's, he's funny. He's like very casual. I, I really have a really wonderful boss. This is like such a, this is a, a reoccurring theme as well. But, um, and he's, so my boss inspector is more of like a, he's kind of a straight to the point type of guy. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, Hey, so yeah. So, um, it looks like we have some opening on the Lakers coverage. Um, I'm going to send you some examples of what the guy did before, and we're going to have you do this. Does that sound good to you? <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Are you, am I, what? Am I joining? Like, <laughs> he was like, yeah. So we're, we're going to have you do it. Like, well, it's going to be great. We'll have you on the show, we'll do whatever. And I was just like, trying to play it cool, obviously yeah, on the phone. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds great. Yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah, your first game will be in December and we'll put, we'll just build up and we'll start slow, but we'll build you up and okay, great. All right. We'll have fun in London. I was like, okay. So he hangs up and my mom is like, so what did he say? Da, da, da. And I was like, I just, I'm joining the Lakers. Like I'm joining Lakers coverage. Like what, like what? And so it, it honestly, I, like again, one of those moments I will truly never forget. Um, and everything like since then, I, getting those reps and it, it kept pushing me to, you know, that like I'm getting so close 
every time I, something new happens, I just keep getting closer and closer. And again, like at that point, I still was just freelancing and, you know, rotating in with the main hosts and things like that and their main reporter, but learning from them and just being in the same room with them was so helpful. And so I, were there days in which I was like, this is too much. I don't want to do this anymore. Absolutely. Um, the amount of times I broke down, am I good enough for this? Is it worth fighting for? You know, you constantly, why hasn't it happened just yet? Do I need to go to a small town? Do I, what do I need to do? Like, what is the next step? Um, but then also it was tricky because then I, at the same time I was doing really well in marketing and in my NFL international job and growing in that sense. So it's like, should I let it go and just focus on this and continue that? But I, I, I found that I just wasn't ex as excited for that job as I was when I got the opportunity to work with players or interview guys like LeBron James or AD and things like that. So I, I never heard of them. Who, who oh yeah, exactly. Like insane. <laughs> but then it also on the flip side, it became, you know, it was kind of like a double-edged sword is I was getting so much work and growing on one side, but then on the flip side, from the NFL's perspective, you know, they were struggling to find opportunity for me and like, where, what can they, what? And then it also became like, oh, you just, you work so much. Like you're just so hardworking. Like, and I was like, well, the only reason I'm that hardworking is because I'm not going to wait for an opportunity to come to me. Like I am the personality type that like, okay, so I said, I want to be on air. The NFL is providing me a stable life and providing me some opportunities and investing in me in one way. And I'm growing, I'm learning about this industry and marketing and so much more behind the scenes producing and all of these things. But I have this other goal of mine and that's not being figured out just yet. And Spectrum chose to invest in me in that sense. So when it was South Bay and everything and the mistakes I made, cause I made mistakes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like the things I got to learn, I'll never forget there was one time when it was like a full screen board and they're like, okay, here's like, you're going to read the teams off the board and just the standings, whatever made it sound so simple. This full screen board came yeah, out. Yeah, or whatever. Like, just no big deal. Here yeah. you got it. The full screen board comes out. They didn't tell me I was going to be on camera. So I'm like looking at the board and the camera's oh. looking at me. I'm like, oh, interesting. Let me now walk over here to the camera so that I'm actually looking at you guys. But also, and then it hit me that like, I'm also talking about high school sports in California where I'm not from, I'm from Florida. So uh, there were, and I, there are things that stick with me. Like when I do mess up, it sticks with me so that I learn from it. Like there's a high school here called Ribet Academy. I called it Ribbit Academy on air. I saw R-I-B-B-E-T. That looks like Ribbit to me, not Ribet, you know? But like little things. Um, but it was one of those, like, I got to learn it, you know? I made my mistakes and luckily like it was low risk. Um, and so I just got to learn so much, but it was that double-edged sword I was saying was just kind of like, I was doing all this other work. And so people were like, wow, you work so hard. You're just so busy. Like, how do you do it all? That became the question. How does Kirsten do it all? And I was like, I don't know. I'll be honest, but I do it because I want to do it. That's my dream. And if, if that's going to get me closer to it, I will do whatever it takes to do that. And, you know, I, I do have a really great support system of my friends and my family who are just like, you, you're so close. You're so close. Um, so yeah, so, but it, it, 
it's a hard one because I do see where, I don't see where it hurt me, but I do see where like, like when I look at past conversations I had with executives at the NFL who were kind of like, oh, like we want to figure it out. But like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to be in basketball? Do you want to be in football? And I'd be like, you know, like I, I want to be here, but I, I, I wasn't going to wait because I, let's be honest, like I could have kept waiting, you know, I, I don't know what would have happened. Um, but that's just not who I am. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I feel like a common misconception with this industry is that you graduate from school and then mm-hmm. you get a job. Yeah. And that's not, I didn't, I mean, (laughs) not the reality for a lot of people. And that's what I found actually from doing this show. When we talk about everyone's path looks different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Everyone's path to where they are now has been a lot of extra work on top top of their job work that they were working to pursue to do full-time. I think that those two words full-time are ones that frankly, in college, I didn't understand what the difference between me having to freelance for, yeah, I or even like benefits or even like little things. Like I turned 26 and all of a sudden I was like, oh, so I'm, I'm responsible for my own health insurance. Okay. Yeah. So what does that look like? Wow. You know, and like understanding that, you know, I had to, I genuinely had to maintain a life yeah. that I was living. And that meant looks like I have to have two jobs, you know, like it, it just, it is what it is if, for me to pursue what I want to do. Um, I have to put in the extra work so that then after this, I can go back to the NFL and be like, so this is what I've been doing. Right. And, and I will say like it, how I, I feel like I kind of, I was going one direction and then I flipped on you, but now let's go back. (laughs) Um, but how I was saying like one thing truly did lead to another. So I did Lakers and then everything was happening. So everything was moving in the right direction. I was interviewing for another job. And I kind of was like, wow, like it's about to happen. I have one foot out the door. And then a pandemic hit. I literally had a screen test on that Friday and sports shut down on a Wednesday. So it was like another job was on its way in. And then all of a sudden everything was like, oh, wow. Okay. Things are, things are slowing down. No, there were two things to that. I was really burnt out at that point. Um, like emotionally, physically, I was so thin, like everything was just like, Kirsten was falling apart. Um, cause now at that point, so this is early 2020, I had just did a pageant for my first time ever. I decided to compete for Miss Florida USA. I was like, I want to go to Miss USA. It's my last year of eligibility. Do it. Let's just do it. Let's just see what happens. You know, um, one of my dear friends is MJ Acosta. We were in Mexico City. Wait, I love her. Yes, the best person in the world. The okay. ways that she has impacted my life, I could go Why, on. If you're it. listening, you're the best. Yes, exactly. Um, we so we were in we were in Mexico City for the NFL Mexico game. She was reporting. Um, I, the international team, was working the game, and we're sitting there at lunch one day. And I was like, so I have this idea. (laughs) And she was like, okay, what is it? And I was like, so what if I compete for Miss Florida? It's my last year of eligibility. So like, I'd have to do it now. Like, or I'll I'll never get to do it again. And it's something I had been like looking at since like I was in college, but I was like, I'm an athlete. I can't do that. Like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm like, I can't do that. And 
And Jay was like, absolutely. What do you mean? You have an idea. Like, go get your computer right now. Like we're applying, like we are doing this. Like I will set you up with a pageant coach. I will set you up with everything you need and more like we, you are going to walk across that stage. You're doing it. Okay. And I was like, so she backstory, she had competed. Um, I think, I don't know what year it was, but she competed. She was second runner up. So third place, um, in Miss Florida, USA. So she was like, and then she judged, uh, I think she judged Miss Teen USA. So she was like, you're doing it. I am going to help you do this. Let's go. So literally that, <laughs> that was the decider. I was like, all right, we're, I guess we're going for it. And I applied, they said I could do it. I could compete. Literally my flight home from Mexico to LA, I um, booked my photo shoot with a photographer for like my official like announcement photos, you know, who was a pageant. He's phenomenal. Um, but it was just so insane that like, it was that moment. So that's all to say that, you know, I'm now been in London. I've been in Mexico city for a game. Uh, I've been doing Lakers coverage. Now I decided to do a pageant and on top of that to make my life even crazier. So I was in walking classes, things you would never guess that you have to do for a pageant. Like I had to do like practicing how to walk down a runway or to walk in a ball gown, swimsuit walk, um, interview prep, working with a pageant coach, getting all these outfits, finding a gown. Like there was so much that went into it. Um, and honestly, one of the best things I've ever decided to do because I learned so much about myself and just how to, how I carry myself. Um, yeah. and so I'm just doing the most at this point, literally like, sure. Why not? Let's just keep adding to Kirsten's plate. And let's see what happens. Uh, so now it's, I go in Florida pageant, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, come home for a few, or like a week, NBA All-Star, come back, more Lakers coverage, pandemic. So I was like, did I need like two weeks to myself? 100%. Like the first two weeks were the best two weeks of my entire life. And then I was like, oh, so this is like a long-term thing. Well, I guess we didn't know how long of a term, but like this is longer than we expect. And then I started to get antsy because it was more of a, oh, like, well, thank goodness I have a, I have a job with the NFL and I have job stability. So like that I am forever grateful for, but all my on-air stuff is like gone out the door now. Like, what am I doing? How do I, how do I stay relevant? What am I working on? What, and trying to, you know, have those ideas, but then feeling trapped and putting pressures on myself. I kind of was just like, how do I get out of this? Um, and that was really hard for me. You know, the, those months over the summer, I, I was, just trying to figure it out. And then when the Lakers ended up winning and being back apart, when they brought me back in on that team, I was like, okay, well, this is a good step in the right direction, but things were still very minimal. Um, I was like, maybe once a week, I was doing something with them. Um, so just trying to work through that. And then, like I said, luckily once NFL season started and, um, and then of course last summer was just with all of in general, everything that's happening in the world, um, as a black woman and seeing what was happening outside of my front door in Los Angeles or wherever the case may be and having fears about my family and my brother and balancing that, but then also being in a company in which we are having these raw conversations and, you know, asking our commissioner con to condemn racism and all these different things. So like, there was just so much happening, um, 
that I was exhausted. I was emotionally drained and I couldn't figure out like, how do I stay relevant as a reporter? How do I do these things? How am I staying on top of my career? Because I am such a career oriented and goal oriented person that I was just constantly going back and forth with myself. And so I just was like, you know what? I'm just need to focus on football for now. Let me just get through this season. I have this job. Let me give it my all and let's see what happens. Um, and I mean, luckily I, the chargers opportunity came and my agents were, I got some really great agents and they were working very hard in the back. And I'd be like, so I need a job. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> um, and that led to the charge opportunity. And then right after that, it was the NFL UK channel five show. Um, and then that led to the Dodgers. So it was just kind of like, you know, trying allowing myself to understand that like this is this it is a job that is worth fighting for it is a job that is you know the people I meet the players I work with the the places I have gone have been just out of this world um but it also is some it, it is something that there were times where I was like why why am I doing this? Why am I doing this to myself? Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one, but I just, over time, you know, I, I realized it was what I really wanted to do. And I think that really became clear this past when I was getting the opportunity of once a week hosting, you know, what a three hour show, um, with Maurice Jones drew being able to do that. That's what really like gave me the, like the slip the the final answer that I needed like that's what that's it and everything else is great but no matter that's where I'm happiest so whatever I can do to continue to get myself to that point is what I need to do and so yeah it just and then when this job came it was like well that's here it is this is why I need to take this because this is how I will finally be only in that position and I will no longer have to be balancing my life I want myself to balance my life but in the other sense is there anything you took away from that period of stillness when there weren't those opportunities? Yeah. Frankly, the sports world shut down. It did. So you're working for something. And then all of a sudden there's all this uncertainty around it of like, well, when will I be able to do that again? Is there anything you took away from that time that you actually now feel like is maybe healthier in work? 100%. You're progressing in, in this new job? Yes, patience. I learned patience. Um, I have always been someone who, it's not that, I mean, I was an athlete, so I am competitive, but it's not that I'm competitive with other people. I think that um, what is meant for you is for you. And what is meant for me is for me. Um, but I, I have such high expectations for myself that I constantly want better. Um, so I had to learn that like my time will come. I'm doing the work and my time will come. And when it does come, I will be prepared for that moment. Um, and so I, I think just like really understanding to be patient with myself, to be patient with um not everyone, this is when a, being a reporter and 
while it's, there is a skill and that is a skill that you have and you prepare for it and you work really hard for it. But also what people take from you is subjective. You know, like someone's going to like you, someone's not going to like you. And, you know, the fact that I had people who did choose to invest in me, to me, it was more of, okay, well, I'm going to work really hard for them, you know? And at the flip side, there were people who weren't choosing to invest in me. And as much as I can try to change their mind or I can try to show them in which ways, okay, well, what do you want to see? What are you looking for? How can I be that person? At some point, you just have to just know that like, that's okay. It's okay if I'm not that person for them. That's okay if, you know, but I am that person for someone else who's choosing to invest in me. So I'm going to go and work really hard for that. Um, And so I think just understanding that doors will close and doors will open and you just have to, it's the part of the ebbs and flow of life and with work and being patient with yourself. And I mean, even, you know, having this Dodgers job and these first two weeks, I was constantly reminding myself that I just got this job, you know, like I have to be patient with myself and learning these players and learning, you know, their history and learning the Dodgers history and learning just how to properly communicate about the game. Like I'm not going to do it perfect the first time, but I'm going to work really hard so that by every time I do something, I'm going to learn. I will take away something from the game yesterday because the best piece of advice that I ever got in baseball was there's always a game tomorrow. Like that is my favorite. I I think of it every single day when I make a mistake, there is a game tomorrow. And I can learn from this mistake and I can then see, okay, well, you know, I said something like this and I really should have said it like X, Y, and Z. So tomorrow I will work on that. Or I don't love how I did that read. Um, I want to make it a bit more casual. Okay. I'm going to address that and then I'll work on that the next day. And so, and then there are so many games. So at the point, by the time we get to the end of the season, I'm going to be a brand new person because all these things that I have continued to better myself and, you know, taking the feedback from people and really listened and taken my time. Like, you know, it's funny, like my, uh, my producer was like, Oh, like, enjoy your off days, have fun at home. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I'm just going home to study. That's all I do now. I work a game. I study baseball. I, I know that there is an expectation of me to know a lot about this sport. And I never want to be in a position in which I can't properly communicate on it. So I have to put in the work for myself to make sure that I am prepared. And if that means, you know, I come home and I read and I watch rewatch games or I re-listen to press conferences and I I get to know these players because also that's the other tricky part. It's a pandemic right now. So I have to be patient with getting to know these guys because I don't, I haven't even met half the team at this point, you know, like there are some guys that I truly have not had a conversation with because of social distancing, or they haven't had a zoom press conference just yet, or, um, like there's just so much that's still happening and understanding that, like the relationships that I will build with them and those trusts and, you know, being conversational and all of that will take time. And, I've only, it's only been a few weeks, you know, like it's, uh, but I just want to go out there and be like, oh, let me just talk about everything. Let me just say everything, you know, really get to know these guys. If I can sit down with like five minutes with each guy all day, like that's just not possible, you know? Um, So patience is the key word of my life at the moment. And I think if you watch 
someone else in a similar position in a new job, figuring it out, you give them such grace, right? Exactly. Where it's like, exactly. I need some grace in this moment because I'm trying something completely different. Completely different. Into right now. <laughs> I feel like it would have been, even though your dream is to be on air, mm-hmm. it would have been really easy for you to say, I don't want to cover this sport that I have yeah. never yeah. covered before that frankly, I still have a lot to learn about. Why did you choose to say yes? If I'm being frank, because I couldn't say no, you know, yeah. like I, I knew that this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, the team is coming off of a world series championship. The organization is one of the most well-known and highly regarded organizations around the world. You know, it is, there's, there's layers to that question. I think there's the, the, another thing I should say is if I said no, when was the next opportunity going to come? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I really don't. Um, was there, I don't know if I necessarily had a fear. No, I, I think I had an underlying fear. I think it came out more in my personality. It was like a little bit of anxiety. Um, but of going into this new space of, of dedicating myself to something so that's the other thing. The past few years, I haven't been able to really dedicate to one thing because I've been balancing different sports, different jobs. I, I couldn't give my all to the Lakers because I would go home and have to work on a project for the NFL or the flip side. I, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, or I guess vice versa. I am prepping for Lakers and I got to stop to work on, have NFL meetings And then in between meetings, I'm just going back and forth. And then I have the Lakers game, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't at this, at the Lakers facility, doing those interviews, being a part of those conversations where I could listen in and then take my notes and then develop my own ideas about it. I really was just kind of like, okay, this is the sound I've been given. How do I go in and out of this? And then now I'm watching the game. So I can obviously pull from reaction for the game and what I'm working on. But like, I wasn't with the team all the time. I'm getting like pockets of, okay, I can take this. I can, all right, let me work around this and trying to listen and follow along from just watching the shows or, you know, listening to conversations or reading articles. So there was so much back and forth. So for the first time ever, I can commit to just one thing. All of my time and my day can go to baseball and I can, you know, really get to know these guys so that I can talk about them in a way in which, I would hope that they enjoy, you know, I do want to be their advocates. I do want um, to gain their trust. And, and I hope that over time I will, I know over time I will. Um, so it, it's, I knew I couldn't say no because for my career and for everything that I have worked so hard on, I was finally being offered a position in which I can put it all together. Um, was it being baseball a bit of a curveball? It was, I will be honest. Um, I know I see what we did there. Um, (laughs) but you know, when I look back on the interviews and the process that I went through, like they never doubted my ability to learn everything I need to know about it. 
like every time I spoke with them, they were just like, that's the least of our concerns. You know, like we, you will learn this. I mean, in the end, I, not to like to my own horn, but I have two Ivy League degrees and I am a strong believer that you can oh, learn anything, you, you know, like <laughs> this is what we do. Exactly. Like I truly believe that you can learn anything. Those who have played the game, I think that's a very different and a different understanding of experiences while playing, but that does not mean that I can't listen and understand. And I also was an athlete. So I can put myself in your shoes. That's something I can do. And I can understand strategy and I can understand, you know, why things happen the way that they do. And I also understand the mind game of playing in a sport. Now, I will say playing at, the, at a professional level and me playing D1 volleyball or even playing high school volleyball is very different. But I know that you've dedicated your life toward, to something and everything you do, whether it's on the mound, whether it's at the plate, like that is a culmination of your entire life and getting to this moment. And that I can't understand. So it's like, because you often, I mean, so often we hear like, oh, like, women can't report on X, Y, and Z because like they've never played it or they've never done that. And it's like, well, clearly we've oh, proven that we can play any sport. Like that has been proven, but like, but I also like, I can listen and I can learn. And I think it's a very powerful thing. And so, um, but just knowing that they, they truly trusted me and I always had that to fall back on, you know, when I do question myself or when I am, you know, they're patient with me. They tell me if I, you know, I, Recently, I was saying a, a player was going to be having his spring debut and he was going to be playing at center field. And, you know, my, my colleague, Oral, he was like, I say it so casually, <laughs> but like, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he basically was like, oh, just, he was like, I like what you said. That was a great hit. But like, just, we say in center field instead of at center field. And, you know, to sound like we, we want you to sound like you know this game because you do know this game. And um, it's like little things like that. But luckily they give me the feedback and I'm receptive to it and I, I can learn from it. And now I know like I won't ever make that mistake again because it sticks with me. Things like that. If I say someone's name wrong, it sticks with me. So yeah. now I know moving forward. Well, one names with me, I'm just very particular about because like people say my name wrong all the time. And so I'm like, I know how I feel. So let me get your name right. Um, so yeah, so it is constantly, you know, but there, there were some fears. Um, but I, in the end, I, I knew that there was a reason I was hired. Um, I trusted myself. I believe in myself. I think that's really important. You know, it is very challenging. People will say like, you know, you don't deserve that job or blah, blah, blah. And like, whatever the case may be. But I, I know how hard I work. Um, I know what I can offer. And I really do believe in myself. And whatever that means and whatever that, whatever it takes to be the best at this job that I can be, I, I will do that. I honestly just think like this part of your story is so cool and, and truly inspiring because it's like you are in this new position and, and it's, you're not letting that fear, that what if, that is the fear talking, hold mm -hmm. you back from the even if, mm -hmm. what is, you know, having that faith and, and belief in yourself. No, and, and I will say that takes time. Yeah. You know, I think, 
you know, there's a reason I'll go back to the pageant. There's a reason it, it took me until I was 27 years old to walk on a pageant stage because I didn't have the confidence before to, to do that and push myself to a new limit and allow my, my body and my personality and what I stand for to be not scrutinized, but to be judged. Cause it is, it's a competition to be judged by someone. Um, and to learn from the other women who were a part of that and who are so confident and, you know, and I did very well in the competition. Like I, I surprised myself, but it took time for me to get to that, to the ability to do that. And so, and now I look at this job and it, it took time for me to get here, but I got here and there's a reason I got here. And like everything I've done, whether it was walking across the pageant for the first time, I'm gonna go out there and compete. You know, like it's going to, I will figure it out. If there's anything I will do is it is that. I will figure out how to do my job well. And luckily I am in a position where there are things I do have to learn, but the support that I have and the people that want me to be successful is a constant reminder that I am in the right place and that I am in the right job. And it was worth the wait, you know, it was, it was worth saying goodbye to the NFL. It was worth everything that has happened up until this point. And luckily I am in a position where I will be back with the NFL in the fall. You know, like I am going to be, the plan is to be hosting Monday night football in the UK. And, you know, I hope with other conversations that I'm having, I will be working on different projects and stuff. And, and I look forward to all of it. I hope that the Dodgers have another wildly successful year, you know, and to be a part of it and to see this team and these men come up, come off of one such a challenging year that when they didn't necessarily know if the season was going to happen and the fact that it did, and then for them to come out on top of it and to win when so much is happening in the world. So imagine like you're separated from your family, you're in this bubble, they pull it out. And so now we're, we're still in a pandemic. Like while things have changed at the same time, not much has. And working through all of this and working through, of course, the MLB is being so safe and how players are handling everything. It's just at the highest of level on the Dodgers, but, you know, to now do it again and this time have a, a full season and to watch them compete and to really strive for greatness again, to go against the odds and go back to back is it's just, um, seeing that learning from them and how they go about their day, I think it's also something that I am excited to, not only that I've gotten a glimpse of, but to continue to watch. Because um, a lot of what they do, I, I take from it. I learn from it, you know? I mean, in the end, they are at the highest level of their game. And that's where I want to be. Um, granted, it's, yes, two very different jobs. But, like, <laughs> in the end, like, that, that is the goal. Um, so, yeah, so it's the doors that have opened for me, I, I couldn't, I, I'm truly blessed and, and very grateful, but I also um, can confidently say that I have worked very, very hard for these moments and they came at a time when I prepared myself for them and that I'm grateful for. Like, I know that I, I have the confidence to go out and do what I need to do. I don't know. I truly don't know if there's like something that I love more than like 
seeing someone and listening to someone and their story of like accomplishing their dream. Mm -hmm. Like, girl, I'm just (laughs) over here. Like, tell me. Oh yeah. (laughs) And of course the dreams keep going, you know, you, one, you, you fulfill one and then you have another one. No, it's, it's so crazy. You're right. Cause it's, and to hear, I mean, look, it's also a very, it's an emotional experience. Um, yeah. And I think that's something that you don't always see on social media. Like I, I think my friends and my family know and feel how big this was for me. Um, but many people have no idea. And I, I think if it scares you, I don't know the saying right now, but if it scares you like that, that's a good thing, you know, and, and this job, parts of it did scare me. You know, I am, I'm replacing a, a reporter who's been with the team for a long time and, you know, her knowledge of the game and her experiences and so much that she brought to the team. And now, you know, you can look at it as if those are shoes to fill, but I'm trying not to, you know, I, I'm a separate person. I can't, I will never be her, but because one, we're two different people, but like, but I am myself. And I know that, you know, I will work very hard and give my all to this organization and to this team and to, you know, these, the fans that love the Dodgers so much. And I know that like, I, I will be that person and more, you know, like I, I do, I have that confidence in myself and I know that that will take time again, patience to get there, but it is achievable and it is doable. And that is something that I do not question. I love that. I can't let you leave here without (laughs) the rewind button for a second, uh, because you've mentioned a couple of times now being a former collegiate division one basketball or basketball player, division one volleyball player. Mm -hmm. Uh, you played at Northwestern and then Columbia university. Mm -hmm. What was it about volleyball though? Like, how did you find volleyball? Uh, And how did volleyball make me find you? Volleyball definitely found me. I did not find volleyball. <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a funny one. Um, I was all basketball growing up. I was just like, I'm going to be. Oh, so it could player. have been. Yeah, it could have been. Division one basketball player. Yeah, 100%, 100%, 100%. I was such a basketball player. Um, I loved everything about it. I went to a new school in middle school and in sixth grade, so basketball is a winter sport and and, around the world actually but in Florida some sports are different like soccer is a winter sport in Florida where I think it's like winter yeah and I think it's like a spring sport in some other places yeah yeah because I I don't think that they want to play in the snow in the snow exactly exactly but like in Florida what is snow nothing so um (laughs) so basketball is a winter sport volleyball is a fall sport so I was going to this new school And my mom was like, you should try out for the volleyball team because that's how you can make some new friends. So like sports was always just a way of like community when I was younger. I was on the swim team. I was on, right, you name it. I was on every team possible. Um, So (laughs) so my mom was like, you should go try out for the volleyball team. I think this will be really great for you, whatever. I was like, I don't really want to play volleyball. Like, eh, whatever. I go to the tryout. I was trash. Like I was so bad at volleyball. Like I just was tall. And I guess they look, somehow they were like, oh, she's tall. She can be on the sixth grade team. Like, sure, whatever. Um, 
I was so bad. It was painful. My arms were always hurting. Like, I just did not really care for it. I was like, I just want to play basketball and whatever, but I'll make some friends on this sixth grade volleyball team. And then the season went by and I just started loving it so much. And then I wanted to play club volleyball. Again, I'm still bad, by the way. I'm still bad at volleyball at this point. It's so funny. But like, so I was like, I just want to play. I'll keep whatever. It's fine. So, so I'm like, oh, like all the girls are going to try out for like the club team. I want to play club volleyball with them. And my mom's like, all right, well, I mean, hopefully it'll teach you something and like, you'll get better. Cause like, you're not very good. So I literally, there's like, so an AAU and like travel club team. So there's the one team or like the A team. So like, that's like the very good team. Then you'll have a two team, which just whatever. Usually after two in some cities and states after three, depending on how competitive the club is, it'll then go into like colors, like red, white, and blue, gold, whatever, just like random colors. And so I was on, I think like 12 blue, I want to say, which means like of the 12 year olds, I was one of like the not very good players, but you know, I still was like, I really enjoy this. It's a lot of fun. And I ended up starting to get like really good at it, I guess, when I was like 12-ish, like 13, 12, 13. So then I came back. So I did a year of club, got better. Probably, oh, I didn't get too much taller, but I was like starting to grow into my height, you know, because obviously I am a very, I'm 6'1", and I was a little like all over the place at the time and clumsy. And eighth grade, I had like my final growth spurt where I like finally was like, just like this tall, lanky person, um, but still very athletic. So... <laughs> So yeah, so I ended up playing in this club volleyball team and we were not very good, but our parents were just super supportive and like, you guys, you go girls, keep, keep, keep it up. But we had a really good coach and our coach was like investing in us, you know? And he was like, oh, like you guys are going to be so good at the end of this. You'll know everything about volleyball, which somehow we did. And a lot of the girls from that team, we ended up then like the next year, I think we made the one team um, and then started to get a little bit more competitive. And then in eighth grade, again, I think that must've been like, what 14th made the one team again but in at the school ends up making the varsity team so for having started in sixth grade by the time I hit eighth grade I was on the varsity volleyball team and I was a starting middle hitter for them which was insane when I think about it but um so yeah so I started it when I was 12 and then once I got to like eighth grade I got a little girly ish girlier um and so I, I just was like, I don't play volleyball. I just, all I care about is volleyball. My life is volleyball. And I just can't. <laughs> and so, but then at that point I was in a very competitive like club team and we were traveling. And so it, that's when I think now high school sports are trying to revert back to like play multiple sports. But at the time when I was in high school, it was that still that trend of, you know, you play one sport, you commit yourself to it. When you're not playing that sport, you train in the off season for that sport. Like everything was about volleyball. Um, and it's obviously very expensive. So, so I, I had to, like my volleyball coach, I don't know if they asked me to give, it just be, kind of became like a thing, like I had to give up playing basketball. Um, and so I did. And in the end, it, it worked out. Um, but it definitely was like that phase of like, okay, well, in the fall, you're playing high school volleyball or school volleyball. And then all winter, spring, slash going into summer is club volleyball. So you have like what, a month and a half off before high school volleyball starts again. Um, so yeah, so it just became volleyball is like literally my life between traveling for club tournaments. 
I did, um, I played USA volleyball, team Florida, all of that. So it, so yeah, it was fun. When did you first kind of realize that sport could be more than just a game that is played and could Mm -hmm. ultimately be a career? Yeah, I would say that was my parents. Um, I am really lucky that I, so I really believe that I was just going to be a volleyball player forever. Like you were just, I was like, I'm just gonna play volleyball. That and I, it's funny. My, my cousins tease me now. Well, cause when I was starting to have to play in college, apply for schools and stuff like that, they'd be like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just want to be famous on the internet. Like that was literally what I told people. I wanted to be famous on the internet. Oh, and my, around like exactly, years. exactly. And like, you know, my, my parents really like, my mom was like so embarrassed by this answer. Like she was just like, Gosh, so my daughter is like, cause I'm the baby of the family. So I got to be kind of like, not the, not reckless. It's not, I'm definitely not, a, I'm far from a reckless person. Um, but like the kind of like free spirited one, you know, I was like, oh, I just want to like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm going to be a volleyball player. And then I'll just like, you know, I'll, I'll get brands and like be famous and I'll just be famous. Like that was just my plan. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's funny because now like my, it's funny. It was my cousin, like probably like a year ago. He was like, you know what, Kirsten, you really told us that you want to be famous on the internet and we did not allow you to do such things. And you could really be taking care of the family right now. Like you could be an influencer and just be like carrying it for the whole team but we didn't allow you to live out that. Like we just doubted you. We didn't think that was going to be a real thing. And here I was probably watching YouTube videos in my bedroom. And I was like, but I can do that. And they just would not let me be great. In the end, it was fine. But I just want to put that out there. I had other goals. It was not necessarily this. But when I, <laughs> when I was applying for, um, when I was applying for school. So fun. Yeah, like I literally was like, that was, and it's funny, like he told me recently, he was like, do you remember saying that? And I was like, not really. Like now it's been so, that's like 10 years ago, yeah. not like 12. And so now I don't really remember that. But my cousin was like, no, you literally were like, I want to be famous on the internet and we did not let you be great. And now we apologize. So but it was definitely funny. Um, but no, so I, I started, um, I was obsessed with watching college game day. Like college football was just, honestly, college athletics were something I was really passionate about at the time because one, I was going to college. I kind of was like, where do I want to go play at? I wanted to be like, you know, I grew up, growing up in Florida and like going down to the university of Florida and being watching the Gators play and that excitement and camaraderie. Like I wanted that. Um, I didn't get that, but I wanted that. <laughs> um, and so I just, I just started watching college game day and I just loved it. And so I knew there was something about like working in television and, um, production at the time. Sitting at the ponder was the host, um, who I love. So I was like, and she was, you know, it was a balance of she was hosting and then she was doing like interviews and one-on-one interviews, but then she was doing sideline reporting. So I kind of was like, I want to do that. But I always knew, I, I, I feel like from an early age, I caught on to this stigma of, I don't know, actually stigma is not the right word, but I, 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 I was only seeing women as sideline reporters. Yeah. It was kind of in that. And I was, exactly. And I was just like, but I don't want to necessarily do that. I don't think. Uh-huh. I didn't really know. I just like, I, I feel like I, I want to do something within this. I like storytelling, but I don't really want to be a sideline reporter. You know, I just, that wasn't really what I wanted to do. 
So then I, um, when I was getting, starting to get offers from different universities, my parents were like, all right, so it sounds like you want to do journalism. At this point, I have never taken a journalism class. I, um, I've always been very creative and like liked creative writing. So like that part, I wasn't too concerned with, but like I was a math and science kid for sure. Um, so they were always like, okay, well you want to do journalism. So let's not one of my family is in journalism. So, <laughs> so they're like, so let's just, I guess we're going to figure it out. Um, I knew I wanted to play in the big 10 or the PAC 12. So I had PAC 12 offers. I had big 10 offers. Um, Northwestern offered me, they have the middle school of journalism. I come from a very academic family. Um, my grandfather was president of two HBCUs and it's always been this push of you have to get your education. Your education can become, it, start, it starts there. That is your base, whatever you do with that, soar, but like you have to get your education. Um, so, and luckily having been an athlete, I had a lot of options. Like I could have gone anywhere for being frank. Like I, I off, you name it, I probably had an offer to them. Um, but I said Big Ten or Pac-12, that was my first goal. Northwestern had the middle school of journalism. I said, I, it now came about that I want to be a sports reporter. And then once I kind of commit to something, I'm like, I want to be a sports reporter. I want to do this. I want to be a sports reporter. Like, I just want to be on air talent for, I want to be working sports. Um, so once that happened, I uh, ended up committing to Northwestern and um, got into, cause you have to, so you get in, if you, as an athlete with like at schools that have different colleges. So you commit and you apply to the school, but you have to apply to the college separately. So like I had to get into the middle school of journalism. Okay. Luckily, thank goodness I did. Um, and, and that was when I got my first taste of like journalism and reporting and, you know, covering stories. And at that point it was a little bit of everything. And I remember I got my first uh, F, I got my first middle F. It's like a thing. Um, yeah, I freaked out because this guy had straight A's like my entire life. I've never had an F in my entire life. Like what? Um, but it's cause I misspelled the source's name and I told you I'm big on pronunciations and spellings yeah. because I got this middle F and uh, like uh, all for spelling a source's name wrong. And my teacher was like, so then that's not a person. So that means this quote is incorrect because that's not a person. Like, I don't know who that is, which at the time I was like, you're being dramatic, <laughs> but uh, what I'm trying to say, but exactly I'm like, shoot, I'm thinking about that now. Yeah. It's something it always stuck with me. Um, so I'm like very like cognizant of like emails and like responding to someone also because people always say Kristen to my email, which I'm like, Kristen, did you just like not see the I in front of the R or yeah, no? I is in front of the R. Yeah. I just think like, I think when you, your brain naturally sees Kristen. Mm. So I'm not saying it's correct, but I try to give people a break. I get Kristen all the time, but, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of where it really started. And then like, once I got that taste of like working in there and then I was like, okay, so this is what I want to do. I ended up not liking Northwestern whatsoever. Um, that's not true. I liked the middle school a lot. I really did. Uh, I, I did not like attending Northwestern. And so I transferred to Columbia. My brother was at Columbia at the time. 
this is where things got a little tricky because I did not want to go to Columbia. I was very much against it. My mom was like, it's too late. You already going. I've already paid. So I don't really know what we're going to do here. So you're going to Northwestern. And I, I mentioned this before. I, I grew up watching college game day and like attending Florida Gators games. And, you know, my grandfather's president of Florida and M university and going to Rattlers games and all these different things. And so I wanted like big school sports celebration, being able to go into, you know, an SEC game or whatever conference it would have been. Um, so I really wanted to transfer to Mizzou. And my mom was like, I'm not coming to visit you there. <laughs> so, so she ended up winning um, that battle. But in the end, when I graduated, I did say thank you because she was right. You know, I, I did get to a, a point where I got really burnt out from volleyball and I stopped playing at Columbia actually and um, chose to study abroad and all these different things. But graduating from Columbia and getting an Ivy League degree gave me so much confidence that I did not know I needed. I had confidence of being an athlete, but when I stopped playing and having to separate my identity of, you know, even in my family, I was the athlete. Like no one really, not my immediate family, like my parents never had, like they always saw my potential and how smart I was and how great I was and talented and all these things. But, you know, I, I did find that like, whether it was cousins or uncles or whatever the case may be, everyone just saw me as an athlete and having to separate myself from that and understand and like, you know, be confident with who I am. I'm no, like, I am really smart. Like I, I just got this Ivy League degree, you know, like I just, <laughs> exactly. And then went back and did it again. So yeah. it was just kind of like, it was more, I think my mom and she's literally like the greatest person ever, but, um, she, <laughs> yeah, but like, I think she really saw that in me well ahead that I, I did not see it in myself until I graduated. And I realized like, oh, I can do anything because I have just shown myself that I could do anything. I chose to stop playing volleyball. I got this degree. I did the work, you know, like, yes, people can say I got in here because I was an athlete, but like, I had to graduate. Did I not like volleyball didn't graduate me, you know, like, um, so just in being around people, this is the other thing. Like when I, I went there all of a sudden, and it was similar in Northwestern. I will say that like all of a sudden I was surrounded by people that are, that expect so much from themselves and they, they, they carry themselves as I will be successful. And to be surrounded by that and to learn from that. And, you know, my friends, and even when it came time to getting jobs, most of them are going to work on Wall Street. And while I was taking this path that was very different from a lot of my classmates. <laughs> um, and like, I didn't have a job for, you know, they graduated and they got their job, the intern, the summer before at their internship. And it was like, oh, here's your job offer. Like, enjoy your senior year. Where I was like, so I don't have a job. So I applied to grad school just to be safe because I don't get this job. And I'd say probably like a week before graduation, I finally got like, I remember emailing uh, the NFL. It was at the time a different boss. And I was like, hi, so, so I'm just confirming, like, do I have this job or no? Like, so am I, am I moving to LA in a few weeks? I just want to confirm 
Yeah, it was like a very like figure out. Yeah, it was just I so casual. Know. Yeah, exactly. It was just like such a casual like. Am I picking up and moving or? Yeah, exactly. I was like, so am I coming to work for you in a few weeks? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. I thought we made it clear, and I was like, oh. I mean, it, it wasn't that clear, but I just wanted to make sure. So great. See you. Uh, see you soon. And then I got like the paperwork of like, welcome to your hiring. And I was like, ah, that's what I needed. Um, so no, it was definitely funny. Like I was just like, ah, so what is happening? <laughs> um, and, but I had applied to grad school. So my backup plan, I was going to USC for grad school. That was my original, like, well, if I don't get a job, I got grad school. Uh, I got something to do. Once, uh-huh. once this ends and and then that also was going to allow me to like get the journalism um educational background that I felt like I was missing when I transferred from Northwestern um so yeah but then I ended up getting a job with the NFL NFL then led to the Dodgers then I was like time for grad school at that point I guess I was missing New York City and my friends in New York and I had applied to Columbia so originally I didn't apply to Columbia so I applied the second time um, and got in and I was like, oh, well, I guess I got to go back to Columbia. Can't really say no to them. So, <laughs> so it all, uh, it definitely all ends up working out, but it is kind of funny to think that like our parents are so often right as much as we don't want to think they are. And I can't wait till I have kids one day and I'm going to be like, mm, now I understand what my mother was going through. Cause she probably <laughs> was just like having it with me. She was like, oh, this daughter of mine is just putting me through it. Um, but and in the end, it all worked out. You know, I, I said I wanted to, what I had envisioned of my life was, you know, attending, we'll say USC, because that was one of my dream schools. Um, and it was funny, you know, the, I was supposed to, I had gotten an offer from them, from them late, uh-huh. but I was already committed to Northwestern at the time, like women's sports, like wasn't really decommitting and things like that. So if I had any regrets, I'd probably say that would be the one is I had, I wish I had decommitted from Northwestern to go to USC. Um, But it just wasn't a thing at the time. And, and in the end, it all worked out. You know, I live in LA. I work in LA. I work for the Dodgers. Like everything that, and this is when you know that like, it doesn't really matter where you go to school or what you do, because in the end, as long as I had a path for myself and like just that I was following. Mm-hmm. Um, now that path wasn't always direct in one way. It definitely, we had a, we, we, we dumped off the train. We took a little break over here. We got back on the train. We were a little indecisive. We decided to turn the train back around. Like a lot was happening. Um, but in the end, it's all gotten me to this point. And I, and I think that I don't know if that was my subconscious. I, I feel like we, I could dive into that. I don't really know, yeah. but that might need therapy. But like, <laughs> I, I do think that it's so interesting to, to kind of see how my goals and dreams when I was, what, 16, 17 years old, 10 years, 11 years later are, are, are actualizing. And I, I am living the life that I always wanted. And, um, and while I don't even think there's not one person that I could say that we had a similar experience because we did, like everyone has their own. And that was really hard for me in this industry. You know, I, I would see 
other people and they would, they, they started out, whether it's local news or a regional network, and then they built from there to X place where they started in writing and then transitioned to on air from being a writer or, you know, it, it just, there were so many different paths and some people got to other things quicker than others. And like having to be patient with myself and understand that like, that's their path. Yeah. And that is only their path and mine will be very different, but it's hard when you can't be like, like in marketing, it was so different. You know, you go in as a coordinator, you become a manager, you become a senior manager, you become a director or, and you, you keep growing. It's not like that in being a reporter per se, or an on-air talent. Like, yes, you keep growing. That is the same. And you keep learning, but, and you keep getting better but jobs come from different directions and, you know, it's, so yeah, that part takes time. And then it was kind of like, should I be doing things on my own? Like, should I do a podcast? Should I do X, Y, and Z? Like, and I, it was hard for me to, to figure that out because I just, I just didn't know how to, I, I couldn't, you know, and I, I was seeing my friends and, you know, who were doing things like that. And I would just be like, Ah, so much pressure on yourself, but <laughs> I feel like it's easy to feel like you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm, 100%. And I had two jobs. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was doing more than enough. And I felt like I wasn't doing enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that exact. That's exactly it. Like you just feel like you're not doing enough. Even I feel like that now, um, you know, and I am constantly reminded that baseball is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And, you know, they were like, my producer was like, yeah, my producer was like, look, like some days you will have something to say and others you may not, but that's okay. Cause there's another game tomorrow and I'm sure you have something by tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, it is not always, um, yeah, you just have to give it time and you do have to, um, and that's life also. Life is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, And as much as I wanted to be, I don't know, on an NFL network, we'll just say for at 22 years old, like that, that's, it didn't happen. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You know, I, other things happened and other things that made my life great. And I am so grateful for them and the places that I went and the people that I met and the players that I worked with, like it all works out in the end, truly. Progress over speed. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Before we're done, because I'm getting sad. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking your ear off, so it's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding? This is like my dream. I'm like <laughs> going. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. uh, if you know how I said earlier, I love to have part of this show be about celebrating yourself and, and things that you have accomplished. So last question, Kirsten, what is something you are proud of yourself for? You know, that's a, that's a, an amazing question. One, um, I struggle with celebrating myself. That's something that I'm working on this year. Um, even with this last, this a month ago job offer. Like I, I did not take the time to really just sit with myself and, um, take it all in. Um, but one thing that I am proud of myself of and will continue to be 
is I'm really proud of my strength and I believe that I'm quite a resilient young woman and I believe in myself. And that is something that it took time to get here. It really did. Um, but I love that woman that I'm becoming and that I am today and that I will continue to grow into and finding peace with who I am and allowing myself to, to continue to grow and learn from her each and every day. Um, being a woman is is the most beautiful and rewarding thing, but it, it's also can be challenging, you know, and we set expectations of ourselves, so whether it's life, relationships, um, you name it. But I couldn't ask for a different, a different life. You know, I, I really do love the person that I am and the person that I'm growing into. And I could not be more proud of myself and who I am today. Um, the maturity, the um, everything. Yeah. That's a really beautiful question. <laughs> That's such a beautiful question. That's, I love that a lot. Well, I, I like to end every episode asking that because that is something that I continually work on myself, right? Is it so mm -hmm. easy to, to clap for everyone else and to cheer for everyone else? And yes, we yeah. have to do that. But goodness, sometimes we need to put that same energy into our own being as well. So thank exactly. you for sharing that. This has been so much fun. <laughs> I feel like it's like meant to be that you have a lot of Sagittarius friends. Oh my gosh, we this is official. It's official. <laughs> I can't wait to hopefully one day meet you in person. Yes. Stella, doggy play date. I've already got it set. <laughs> yes, yes. She's now knocking on the couch right now. She's like, so you've been talking for a long time. I'm so, <laughs> exactly. Like, please play with me, but until you're done, I'm going to take a nap. So <laughs> thank you so much for doing this with me. This was so much fun. You're incredible. Thank you. Your journey is incredible. I, I'm so amazed by you and this part of your story. I can't thank, thank you. you enough for sharing it. And I cannot wait to see all the incredible things you continue to do. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. I really appreciate that. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kirsten Watson. I'm Amanda Smith. We'll catch you next time on How She Did It.